You're listening to With Woman, a podcast hosted by midwives Sophie and Ashley. Join us as we help you to navigate the transition from womanhood to motherhood and everything in between. With Woman is your unfiltered and raw guide to empowering you to trust the process in hopes that each episode leaves you feeling a little more supported through your journey. Before we get into this episode, a little disclaimer. Although we are midwives, the information discussed in this podcast is not intended to substitute the care or advice of your healthcare provider. And we swear a lot. Mainly it's just me that's swearing. So here's your warning on that too. Thank you for joining us on another episode of With Woman. Today's episode is the second of our Birth of a Mother series, and it's another special one. I'm very excited to introduce you all to Rosie Dalton today. She joins us to share her journey into motherhood with her son, Mac. And I'm really excited to have been a part of her journey into motherhood. It's one of those births that I definitely still remember just for, was like one of those moments where as a midwife, I felt like I was just watching things unfold the way they were meant to. Rosie will explain this herself in this episode, but she really got herself into the most amazing mindset. She had an amazing support network around her that she completely trusted and that allowed her to have the most magical, beautiful birth of her son. So, Rosie, welcome. Thank you for having me. Very excited. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We always like to start our episodes with getting our guests to introduce themselves first. So Mm -hmm. just tell us a little bit about yourself and who you were before you became a mum. Sure. My name's Rosie. Um, Before I became a mum and still now, I guess, I'm a writer, freelance writer. So... I write a lot about sustainability, particularly in the fashion space for both magazines, so editorial contributions for titles like Rush and Jane, and then I also work with brands doing like commercial copywriting stuff. So before I had my son Mac, I was still freelance, very like busy, busy, Um, and since having him, I've kind of just taken on what I feel like I can manage, which mm. I've been sort of pleasantly surprised by, I guess, how much I've been able to do, but every day and every week is quite different. Totally. I it's try good and... that you're able to do that as Absolutely. well. Yeah. The flexibility. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's where freelance is, mm. has been really good for me, I think, but um, yeah, as I said, some weeks are a lot harder than yeah, others yeah. if he's having like a bad <laughs> yeah. sleep week or whatever. And you can it's... never pick it either. No, you never know. So sometimes you kind of say yes to something and you're like, yeah, that deadline will be fine. And then, you know, you end up having a really tough week with sleep or whatever. But um, yeah, so far we've been pretty lucky and I've just gradually taken on a little bit more as that feels possible. Yeah. 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 And in three words or less, can you describe your journey into motherhood so far? Transformative is how I would describe it. Yeah, it's been amazing, actually. I've really loved becoming a mother and exploring that side of myself. I think I've um, surprised myself a little bit. When I was pregnant, I didn't know, you know, yeah, you just don't know what it's going to be like, Mm. I guess. And we have, we were some of the first in our, like, immediate friend group to have babies. We obviously, yeah, we have lots of friends and family and stuff that do have kids that are a bit older, but... um, 
yeah, it's been a wild ride. It's always hard fun. when you're like one of the first as well out of friends, I reckon. Because like you need your friends groups to, you know, be like, oh, this is going to be really shit. Or like, this is going to be really good. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have them. <laughs> and even just like swapping notes on yeah. things, you know, like mm. just the whole like hospital system, public, yeah. private, yeah. all yeah. that stuff. Like. Yeah. It's just, yeah. Having the ones like navigating that for the first time. Yeah. You can't rely on the people around you that, you know, you value their opinions and yeah, that's really hard. Yeah. And then same when the baby comes along because you're like, is this normal? It's like, and I'll be Googling things in the middle of the night. Joel, my husband's like, stop Googling. Stop Googling. (laughs) Now all your friends will be the ones to message you. I know. (laughs) Which is nice though. Like it's really beautiful to be able to foster that support, I think. But when you're going through it for the first time, it's like... It's scary. Wild, yeah. 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 So what's your philosophy on what it means to be a mother or motherhood in general? I love asking that one. (laughs) (laughs) Um, To me, motherhood is a state of nurturing, I would say, and anyone can be a mother. I feel like I have friends that, like, mother me as a friend and Mm. our other friends and stuff. But um, for me, it's been a real lesson in surrendering, I think and just kind of leaning into that selflessness of nurturing someone else's needs and kind of allowing those to help you grow in a way I suppose but um yeah Yeah, like surrendering yeah (laughs) surrender I feel like that's been the main thing for me yeah during pregnancy birth and then like now as a mother as well because you like do, you just have to surrender to all of it. Because yeah. there is no control. Good. No, you have no control over it whatsoever. Yeah, I think yeah, it's a, it's definitely for myself. Like just surrendering has been like the easiest way I find because yeah. you can get so caught up in yeah. overthinking things totally. and. And I think a lot of women would struggle to surrender to that as well. Yeah. Yeah. Letting go of control of things. Yeah, I mean, a lot of us live in a lifestyle where we want as much control as possible in other facets of our lives. And like you said, it's like one thing, nothing is predictable in pregnancy and birth and and motherhood. Yeah, and changing from (laughs) nurturing yourself to... Nurturing someone else. Yeah. 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 I think you also do have to nurture yourself still as a mother. I think you've got to, like, fill fill your your cup cup in order to... um, to really like properly take care of others yeah yeah so it's a journey of like nurturing yourself and then also nurturing others and allowing that to kind of take you to places that you maybe didn't expect what surprised you the most about motherhood um I think the ease with which I took to that role I think was a big surprise to me because being pregnant I was like I'm not sure yeah Yeah. you know you never really know Mm. Um, And I can be, I can like really overthink things sometimes and so yeah, it's been, I've pleasantly surprised myself in the way I've just kind of gone with Just taking it in your stride. Yeah. I mean, it is obviously really hard. I think I expected that, but it's also just like so fulfilling as well and yeah it's the little things isn't it in your day-to-day life just the little things that make you like giggle and stuff that they that they do (laughs) (laughs) they're so funny oh they're funny and everything (laughs) I also something else that's been a big surprise for me I guess is like 
how strong my son's personality has been like basically since he was born just kind of it's just kind of like blossomed I guess but he's always had this sort of like cheekiness about him I think and it's just yeah it's weird to see it in such a young child mm, yeah. I think you just really... And it's crazy to think that they're born with that. I was just about to say that. It's like, like, you really... It's not like the way you nurture them in the first couple no. of weeks can make them, like, really caring or, like, yeah. shy or outgoing. Yes. Like, totally. They're already programmed. To, yeah. yeah. I feel like even when I was pregnant, I felt that, to be honest. Because yeah. Because I just remember feeling this, like, overwhelming sense of calm before I even knew that I was pregnant. Mm. And, like, sometimes, as I said, I can be someone that, like, overthinks things or, like, is prone to feeling a bit anxious about stuff. And I just felt, yeah, this calmness before I knew I was pregnant and then throughout most of the pregnancy. And then he was born and I was like, yeah, that is you. You're just, he's, he's just, just a chiller. Like, he's really got a calm energy, even though he's... Wild, wild. And busy. Yeah. <laughs> he's very relaxed, yeah. You know? Like, he's just, yeah, got a nice calm energy. That's great when you go to all these bougie restaurants still. Oh my god, <laughs> he's his Instagram. I'm like, oh my god, this Charlie's that? better than and I do. I <laughs> to so many restaurants literally last weekend. My sister was supposed to mind him for us. And she couldn't in the end, so we had this lunch date with our friends, and I was like, should we reschedule? And they were like, just bring him. Also love that. Yeah. Love the support from your friends to say that too. That's really important. He actually owns the restaurant, so I was like, okay, (laughs) it's fine. If you say it's fine, it's fine. You can make a little bit of a mess on the floor. Yeah. And he was just like running amok upstairs, but like, it's great. And it's when the two of us are there, it's so much more manageable, because you can kind of tag team a little, and, but yeah, he just... Do you relax in those settings? Are you able to enjoy yourself like now taking him out when he's a bit more busier than what he was? Definitely more relaxing if someone minds him. (laughs) Like when we've we've done that in the past, you like sit down and you have a full meal and a glass of wine. You're like, what? Who am I? Proper conversation. Proper conversation. Or like, yeah, full conversation. I feel like it's always so like broken up. But um, is he loud too? I mean, not really he's not too loud yeah. he's just really busy like yeah. he was just we were upstairs at 10 william and he's trying to like pull all the like wine bottles out of boxes <laughs> and like he found these ladyfinger biscuits that were like up <laughs> like in the storage section he's like pulling those out there's fresh produce he's like grabbing the lemon why not why not he's he's just yeah he's just very busy but um <laughs> Yeah, we lo- I mean, we love, my husband is in food, so we love going out to restaurants and stuff. And I think it's important to maintain your identity yeah. within yourselves and also as a couple too. So For sure. I love, like, I love looking at your stories and Max <laughs> featured at, yeah, like 10 William and I was there like a month ago. I was like, wow, that's like really nice. Um, but I really like it because it's so important. I think, you know, you're yeah. young yourself, so yeah. you still need to live your life the way you want to and they just slot in yeah someone yeah. asked me yesterday actually at my friend's hand she's like do you feel like a totally different person since you became a mum?" and I was like not at all that's great I feel like yeah, exactly the same person we just have this like little sidekick yeah. to come along to you know restaurants and stuff with and obviously it is a lot more work than yeah, it yeah. Used to be when yeah. but that's so nice we as well that you can still keep that part of yourself yeah yeah and I think it's nice for him too because like that's part of our lives yeah. and if he's used to being in those settings yeah. then like he will grow up being yeah. 
okay to like sit down at a restaurant you know whereas I think some kids if they're always left at home you try to take them to a restaurant later and they're just like yeah running wild which I mean he runs wild anyway so I guess he's a child so you know you expect that and lots of them love it like lots of the you know restaurateurs and stuff just love Especially if you if we take them to an Italian restaurant, like, uh, yeah. probably one of the best has been Bella Bruda. Oh, yeah. Because first of all, there's so much to look at. Like they're making the pizza dough, and there's like oh, the cool. pizza oven. Like there's a lot going, lot going on, on in there. Which like Mac is just wide eyed. And then kids and pasta. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> it's easy carbs. Yeah, and also just the Italians love babies. Yeah. So like they're just so happy that he's there, and they're trying to like make him happy and comfortable and stuff and that's really accommodating so yeah definitely some settings have been harder than others but we've taken him to so many restaurants yeah it's amazing <laughs> i like that i need Same. to start doing it more yeah <laughs> well i mean i sent you that photo yeah i took him to an italian restaurant a couple yeah. of weeks ago and like there was a mess all over the floor yeah, his yeah, face yeah. everything was just covered in tomato Spanish. sauce like oh yeah. my god it's amazing. It was so nice though like yeah. we got to get out for dinner as well so yeah yeah it's really nice and it's special to make those memories yeah. as a family i it feel is. All right, talk us through your first trimester. Um, And did you find it easy to navigate the hospital system? Um, I was really lucky to have such an easy pregnancy with Max. So I wasn't, I didn't have any morning sickness or anything like that. So in that sense, my first trimester was pretty good. I realized I was pregnant quite late, I think, because I actually did a pregnancy test and it was negative. And so I just assumed that I wasn't pregnant. And then I had my 30th and stuff. And so I just kind of like forgot about it. And then was like, hang on, I haven't had my period in a while. Maybe I should do another test. And then I did another test. And I was like, oh, it's still, it's negative. Like, I don't know what's going oh. on there. And then I looked at it again and I was like, oh no, it's actually a, a faint second line. There. <laughs> and yeah, so I worked out, worked it out a little bit late and then to be honest because we were among the first in our friend immediate friendship circle to be pregnant and having you know having a baby i actually found it quite hard finding like real world information about the different models of care and and trying to work out what was right for me i think if you have friends that have been through it you kind of have similar values and stuff and that is like a good guide sometimes you can or you can at least ask them and be like what's the first thing I what do? are my options yeah to start there yeah what's the first thing I do exactly like that's you know a big part of it it's like first of all you've got to like explore the different models of care or work out what you think's right for you and then where do you actually start with that like what is the what are the different application processes yes. and stuff like that yeah so, like even once you choose your model of care then you've got to go down the road of like how do I get into it who do I call exactly like, yeah and I think um so I heard about MGP kind of quite late I was probably in my second trimester I feel like when I heard about that through a friend that was telling me about her friend that <laughs> had her babies through that model um and I was like oh that sounds really like it would be such a good fit for me by that point it was too late and I didn't get in I applied at our local hospital didn't get in um but continuity of care was really important to me Mm -hmm. so then I was thinking about the private system I found a female OB who I really liked but as time went on that just didn't feel 
quite right for mm. me that that route for whatever reason and then um yeah miraculously a place became available in the mgp i still remember getting that call was that me yeah yeah <laughs> i still remember the day yeah Cash called me and um i'd actually just been meditating and it just felt like really right and kind so, of kissing it yeah like, yeah yeah it just felt yeah it all felt like it kind of was well aligned and then yeah went in for my first mgp appointment which was with you so yeah. <laughs> and yeah and that just felt it was a bit tricky because at that point there were still like restrictions in place and yeah. stuff so joel couldn't come to that meeting yeah. with me which was kind of hard because he was actually born he was an emergency c-section okay. when he was born mm, okay um and i think he which is quite common for the males I think they want like the safest possible thing and we'd kind of already gone down this one path and he'd like met that obstetrician Mm. and stuff and he was like okay this is what we're doing and so then suddenly when I was like actually I think we're just going to change the whole thing which I think was at like 28 weeks or something it was quite late he was kind of like I don't know about this like and then you know to compound that whole thing he wasn't able to come to the appointment yeah. so I, was, mm. I felt a little bit like I was and he was allowed choice. to come to the OB appointments yeah yeah okay mm-hmm. so that makes it harder for him as well yeah. yeah um so but I think it was only the first appointment yeah first I was gonna say the last few he was definitely yeah there. so I think it was just like yeah maybe that first one mm. or possibly one after that um, like I remember our first appointment with yes. you, Ash. I'm pretty sure he came he was, to that. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure he was there at all of the appointments that yeah. we did together. Yeah. yeah, so it was only like a week or two that mm-hmm. he wasn't able to come, but it was kind of like I felt like Still, I was it would have been like, a shock to him. Yeah, <laughs> like okay, what? Like yeah. changing what the whole system, especially yeah. yeah. as well. I think yeah. they they kind of the way in which their brains typically work. Yeah. Obviously, I'm generalizing here, but you know, need to know all the facts, and it is what it is. And yeah. you know, yeah, when change occurs, it's like oh, hang on. I need time to adapt to this, yeah. what's going on. And a lot of partners, I suppose, if you don't know the healthcare system, you only really know, like, private or yeah. public. Yes. Yeah. You don't even know what, like, GP shared care is or exactly. MGP or case, like, none of totally. that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think, yeah, because his birth ended up being, like, a high-risk situation, that was always kind of the narrative whenever... And also mm. he's six foot four and, like, he's a big guy, so literally... Anytime people before I was pregnant, people were like, Always "Good luck like having his yeah. baby." Oh, and really? Stuff. And I'm like, Great. Oh, just, oh. <laughs> I know. And can't you show them now? <laughs> like, yeah, it's wild. Like even yeah, and and in his family, it's kind of like, you know, just prepare for that. Which actually, so I worked with a doula, and yes, wanted to ask you about that. Yeah, so um, I think because we were originally going to go private, that was also a big part of the reason why I wanted to work with a doula I really wanted to labor at home for as long as possible but obviously I'd never given birth before so I wanted to work with someone who was experienced in birth to like help me navigate that process and like know when to go to hospital Mm -hmm. and stuff like that and she was amazing I actually met with a few different doulas yeah and And how did you find out about a doula that's a really good question I think maybe through so this was a friend of mine okay this was her doula that, okay. and so she had recommended her yeah so I think yeah a couple of my friends have had doulas mm-hmm. in their births um so one of them she's based up in Byron so her doula was not nearby 
Um, and I sp- I met with a couple of different ones mm-hmm. and I was like, this is not for me actually, because yeah. sometimes they're very rigid, I think, in their opinions and they're like, you absolutely, like, you shouldn't say yes to this and mm-hmm. you shouldn't do that. And that just didn't feel right for me. My- and did some of them not feel right about you going through an OB? Yeah. Like, do they have yes. a lot of opinions yes, about exactly, that? exactly, yeah. for yeah. sure. And, yeah, just, you know, induction. They had lots of, like, very strong opinions about yes. things, which, you know, I had strong preferences about stuff as well, but my philosophy was always just to try and go with the flow of what mm. needed to happen and what felt right in the moment. Mm. Um, and so I didn't really like that rigidity I suppose almost like like, pressure didn't allow you to trust your own body in a way as well yeah and it it made me feel kind of like judged for any choices that would be made like on the day or whatever yeah um and anyway so then I met with Lizzie I almost didn't meet with her because I met with a couple of others and I was like I don't think this is for me actually but I ended up going she's based in Coogee and it was like pouring with rain that day and I was like, all right, I'm just going to drive over there. But I almost didn't. And I went to her place and she like made me a cup of tea. And she just had like the most beautiful energy, like just really supportive and nurturing. And she was like, like, you know, whatever model feels right to you, that's what you go with. And whatever feels right on the day, like, you know. Yes. Which yeah, that's she exactly was, what you need in a support person. Hey? For sure. Yeah. So, yeah, she was really amazing. And I worked with her. I feel like. She wasn't able to come to the birth in the end because of COVID restrictions, but I feel like that support she offered me through pregnancy was the best. Yeah. Like, and, and was really she with you at me. home? She was with, okay. with us at home briefly, but yeah. my, my labour <laughs> didn't end up being that long. Um, but she, yeah, so people would always be so shocked when I said that, like, you know, my father-in-law would be like, prepare for an emergency cesarean and stuff. People would be like, oh, my gosh. But she was actually like, you know what, that is like, those kinds of comments are preparing you for any kind of outcome. Mm. And that's like a good thing because she was like, sometimes people don't even entertain that possibility and they get to the moment and they're like, now they have to cross that bridge and they've not really mentally crossed that bridge. And she's like, you know, you're prepared for any scenario and you can just like go with the flow and that's a really positive thing. It's the best mindset to be in. You want this, but this, this, this could happen. Yeah, for sure. And birth is so unexpected. Pregnancy, birth, motherhood. (laughs) Another of her beautiful philosophies was that you get the birth you need to take you into parenthood. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Yeah. And I really, that felt so powerful to me and really felt true. Like now looking back on it, it feels very true of my Mm. experience. Like Mm. the, the ability to surrender has like been very (laughs) necessary for me as a parent as well, you know, because you can't control birth and you can't control, you know, to, to a certain extent, you can't control another so yeah it was really wonderful working with her but um in the end she came to our house on the day of the birth we probably so my contraction started at like 2 or 3 a.m and I think it was maybe like 5 or 5 30 I was like I think we should message her and like let her know that I think it's you know happening and then by the time she actually came to our house because 
she had to do some like reshuffling with her daughter and stuff and she was like you you will have plenty of time, of time. <laughs> she, got, baby. Yeah. she got to our place at like 8 a.m i think okay and yeah. i had this like freak out moment in the shower before she came which i think in retrospect i don't know if that was my transition or what was happening but i was in the shower with the hot water like on my back and i just had this like moment of panic like what if this baby comes right now and Lizzie's not here um and I was like Joel call Lizzie like and anyway she was around the corner so she came very soon after that and she told Joel to go have a swim she's like we've got so much time so he went and had a swim in the ocean she (laughs) she stayed with me and then at like 10 or something I was like I want to call the midwives and she was like you have so much time and, <laughs> um and then I spoke to Ash on the phone and I felt very reassured that Ash was on that day and um and then yeah we kind of decided to stay Lizzie was trying to get me to stay at mm. home but I just felt I was like I just want to be in that space I think like in the room I kept thinking about yeah. the car ride yeah and like even though it wasn't far away I was like I just want to be there so a lot of women express that they get to a point where they actually I just want to be in the room where I'm going to have my baby now yeah because I'm ready to just be in that environment and keep going rather than knowing you still have steps to get there yeah Yeah. like you said being in the car I already feel uncomfortable how am I going to sit getting out of the car going into the hospital yeah which uh, yeah I mean the car ride in itself we nearly broke down. Like, oh, really? I actually didn't really know this, but Joel had forgotten to put fuel in the car. Oh! And he, oh, he had one job. So, like, I shouldn't have gone for the swim. <laughs> and so we literally nearly broke down. And I kept meeting, like, the most comforting thing for me in labor was, like, squeezing his hand as hard as I could. <laughs> so... I kept needing to do that on the way to the hospital. And he's like, do you want me to pull over? And, like, he was so Aww, sweet about it. I can't but, drive and hold <laughs> yeah, Because his car's manual, so like, he <laughs> did need his hand to drive. So he's like, do you want me to pull over? And, like, I was blissfully unaware, thankfully, but I'd be like, yes. And he's just there so going, sweet. oh, my God, like, we're just coasting on fumes here. <laughs> this is... Anyway, he couldn't get the car started again once we got to the hospital, oh. but fortunately we did make it to the hospital. Oh my god. Um, Do you want me to pull over into the petrol station? <laughs> <laughs> so let's just backtrack yeah, yeah. slightly. Um, so did, did you find any part of pregnancy difficult at all? Or was um, the whole point cruising? The pregnancy itself was quite cruisy. Yeah. The, like, decision-making is probably what I found the most stressful, yeah. just like working out what the right model of care was yep. and and then kind of like the chopping and the changing, changing was a little bit stressful just trying to like shift gears and get yeah. back into that um yeah headspace of like okay this is what we're doing now yeah. type thing but yeah that was probably the most stressful for me I think and then towards the very end mm. was stressful as well which we'll get to that in a second <laughs> so in terms of just to kind of make things a little bit clearer. So you initially went into a private model of care. Mm -hmm. At what point did you meet Lizzie and did you start working with her and how regularly did you see your doula and then OB before obviously you started seeing the MGP midwives? So, yeah, as I said, I guess initially I applied for a place in MGP, Mm. which I missed out on. Mm. So then I found... Our OB. And how so, many weeks were you when you actually found out you were pregnant? Because you said you were a bit late. Well, this is part of the problem, actually, was that 
when I found out, I think I was like six or maybe, maybe six weeks or I can't remember exactly what happened, but I was, however many weeks I was, I found out and I called my GP and she told me to have a dating scan. Mm. But I think I was, I, I wasn't eight weeks yet. And I was later told that the most accurate dating scan is between eight and 10 weeks or eight and 11 weeks or something. So I think it was like a bit too early to have a dating scan, which ended up being, ended up working against me, I think, because I had the dating scan and they dated me at earlier, probably like about a week earlier than I actually was. Mm. And so then my due date was always a week later than I think what my realistic due date was because every other scan I had from like, eight or ten weeks or whatever it was onwards all said that I was actually due like about a week before Mm -hmm. that original dating scan said I was due and so that's why I think there was like panic at the end I mean the panic started because I had one of my last appointments was with a midwife I hadn't met before and she said my fundal height was measuring small and that I needed to have a scan to check for stagnant small. small. Measuring small. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So After I, you've been told that you're going to have a big baby from your partner's height. <laughs> exactly. And anyway, so for whatever reason, like, I don't know if Mac was just like tucked up behind my ribs or like just, I think also to be honest, which I did say in that appointment, he had dropped yeah. at that point. So I think that it just created cool. extra feeling it in your space. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, my fundal height basically measured the same for three weeks in a row and it was less than what it should be and stuff. And so she wanted me to have a scan to check for stagnant fetal growth, Mm -hmm. which was quite stressful because I couldn't get in for that scan for a little while. And like, which is another hard thing sometimes with going through public, particularly during COVID as well. Yeah. It was very tricky for anyone having babies navigating. Yeah. Um, And then I just remember being in that room and the sonographer being like, I don't know why they've sent you to see if this baby's too small because this baby's actually massive and you're going to really struggle with this baby. And I was like... Oh, they said that to you, you're going to struggle. She was like, wow, like, you're a a small person. This is a really big baby. And I was like, oh, my God. So how many weeks were you at this point? Um, I feel like that was... Well, yeah. So technically, because of the Mm -hmm. dating scan, I gave birth at 39 weeks. Yeah. Um, because yeah, my due date said it was like a week after that, the, from the original scan, but this, so this late scan was probably like 37 weeks, Mm -hmm. I think. Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, yeah. So, so you got the scan, they said it's a big baby (laughs) and then what happened then? Um, and then I didn't hear from MGP, so I thought it was fine. And then we went in for my next appointment because I was told that I would only hear if there was a problem. And then I went in for my next appointment and then Ash had to break it to me that actually this baby was huge and the doctor wanted (laughs) me to be induced. And then we took my blood pressure and then my blood pressure was really high because I was freaking out. Should have taken the blood pressure first. Sorry, (laughs) just point out I'm a bad midwife, yes. Not your fault at all. My blood pressure was like so fine. The whole, you know, it's always like, totally fine and then that one you know I was I think I was also just like probably in pre-labor at that point Mm. because this was like he ended up being born the following day Mm -hmm. after this appointment so and I had felt like some different kind of 
con- well, I didn't really know there were contractions at that point, but I definitely, things felt more active that day. I remember having lunch with um, Joel and his sister just before that appointment, and I was, like, sitting in the grass, like, oh, this is, like... I feel different. Yeah, like, it felt so, I was, yeah. like, is this Braxton Hicks, or is this... It just felt more active, I yeah. suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was probably a combination of, like, yeah, <laughs> pre-labor, like, you know, kind of brewing, and then the stress of, um, you know... Feeling so you, like I had to be, and I think you got too from like a, a mid. Sorry to cut you off. I think too from like a a midwife side of things. I think obviously I was the midwife that saw you for that clinic appointment to break it to you. It was the same day that that obstetrician had. So obviously on group practice, midwives can't make all the decisions. So yeah. when there's a slight abnormality, we have to present that case to an obstetrician. And that meeting was the same day as your appointment. So. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a fine, there's a, in the midwifery world, inducing women for having a larger baby on board is, you know. How large? Like, what did they say on the ultrasound? They said on the ultrasound, which was probably like a week, yeah, it was like a week or two before he was born. I can't remember exactly. Mm-hmm. It could have been like 10 days. Mm-hmm. And they estimated his weight was 3.8. And his, they said that the biggest thing, which was like off the charts from memory, was his abdominal size. Oh, I was about to say, was it his head? <laughs> his head was large. It was like in the 90-something yeah. percentile. Um, and so was his, what's the other one? The BP, is that the other measurement they BPD, take? BPD, yeah. yeah. BPD. Um, that was also large, but it was the abdominal circumference and his like overall oh, estimated weight, weight okay. that were from, like really large. From memory, I think he was overall 98. Okay, yeah. Um... And I think it's tricky because we know that ultrasounds can be wrong by up to yeah. 15% either way. Yeah. So it's very tricky when you go to make a plan to induce a woman, particularly for a large for gestational age baby, because we've seen it before these plans are put in place and women deliver normal size babies and yeah. they're you know able to deliver them and birth yeah. them easily. And then so on the other side, you can't sometimes like you can't not do something sometimes yeah, because sure. then women go overdue to like. 10 days or something and yeah. you end up with an emergency seizure and a baby that's like which was four and a half kilos. <laughs> that was literally Joel. He was yeah. four and a half kilos when he was born and he was like three weeks overdue. Yeah. Yeah, which I guess, you know, doesn't really happen. Back in so the day. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Different story. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, so it was like, I think also again, it was that, it was just a series of events that led to that outcome I think because of that original dating scan I probably was actually full term but it you know that dating scan put me at being only 39 weeks so like an almost four kilo baby is big anyway but for 39 weeks was like yeah extra yeah changes your centiles yeah so at your appointment with Ash yeah you got told that baby's quite large what was the plan so the doctor wanted me to be induced and Ash was amazing. She was, I think she could tell that I was freaking out <laughs> and she was like, we're not going to make you do anything you don't want to do. And like, we can think about it. I think this was, this was a Thursday. Mm. So she's like, we could, you know, why don't we make you another appointment for Monday and you can come back in and we'll like, you know, you can kind of let the information settle in and we can talk about it again then. Um, and see like, yeah, what, Make it's a giving plan you a then, chance to have all the information, think about it without making like a split decision on the spot. Yeah, yeah. But she did say um, we can do a stretch and sweep to if you're if you've started dilating, we can do a stretch and sweep to try and encourage things along, and that might help improve your chances of going into labour naturally. And then so we did that. I was like, 
up for anything. (laughs) (laughs) And then we did like everything else that you could think of. We did acupressure at home. Like, so I ended up having to stay at the hospital for a bit to have (laughs) monitoring done and blood tests because the blood pressure pressure was high. And what was your suite? Do you remember? Like, do you know if you were dilated? Yeah, I was, I think I was two centimeters dilated. Okay. Yeah. Which is pretty good. And soft. Yeah, that's good. So I think, yeah, I guess I was maybe already, it was starting to happen maybe, which is what those like kind of more active contraction feelings were all about. Um, And then I remember in the monitoring, like just pressing the thing (laughs) all the time. So I was like, is this a contract? Like, I just felt like a lot lot of was going on happening kind of thing. So yeah, I had the blood test and then... I was able to go home and we had like a really big long beach walk. We there's this restaurant in Cronulla where we live called Alphabet Street and they the owner Apple martinis. Um but we had so they also own Johnny Who's and we'd been at Johnny Who's having lunch like a few weeks before I was due and the owner was like, Oh my god, I didn't realise you were pregnant, when are you due? Blah blah blah. And he said to me, if you have any troubles, like go down to our other restaurant, Alphabet Street, and get the jungle curry. We're up to 37 women being like, it has induced their labor within 48 hours of eating it for 37 women. Anyway, so we got the jungle curry. We had the jungle curry for dinner. We went for a big long walk on the beach. We did acupressure, like just all of the things that I had read can help encourage things. And again, so I was told that the doctor would only call me if there was an issue with my blood work. So we went to bed and oh, yes. I got up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom, which was just like every Standard. Like, I know, like every <laughs> few hours when I was pregnant, especially at the end. Um, and it was like, it was just after midnight, I think. But I saw that I had a missed call from a private number at like 10 p.m. And I was like, oh God, here we go. Um, and so I called the midwives and... Nicola I spoke to Nicola she was like oh no that wasn't that wasn't us that called you and I was like oh okay because you know they said that the doctor would call if there was an issue and she's like let me just go check and then she checked with the doctor and then she comes back and she's like oh it was the doctor calling he was just calling to reassure you that everything was absolutely oh. fine why did you not leave a message <laughs> you would have saved me the stress but I mean it was nice of him to try and yeah. reassure yeah. me but yeah. um then I was just kind of awake from then because by the time we got to the bottom of all that, that it was like, I don't know, probably 1 a.m. Okay, or yeah. something. And then, like, yeah, my brain was just all kind of wired. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, from, like, 2 or 3 a.m., I was like, maybe I should, because I was, like, feeling a lot of, a lot going on. And I was like, maybe I should time these contractions. And I had an app and did that. And they were pretty close together. Like, I mean, the they beginning. Were probably, they're probably maybe like five minutes apart mm. at the beginning, but Which they got yeah, pretty quite, regular. Yeah, they got quite close together. And they were painful. I mean, or you just were kind of like, yeah, like something's not happening, kind of thing. They were painful, but it's like it's so weird when people ask me about the pain of birth. For me, mm. like I think I always think of pain as something that's more acute, like yes, you know, a cut or something like that's where my brain goes when I think of pain and I have being a writer and always like being hunched over a computer and stuff I feel like I get a lot of neck pain and it's that like intense muscular yeah kind of pain I suppose that's like really what birth felt like to me it was more 
like just yeah like muscular tightening and yeah just kind of going in waves and they were like super intense definitely and did you do anything like what did you do at home to help um, with that early on it was like like really early on when I first started timing them I had a hot bath which helped the shower really helped like just the pressure on my back and stuff was really nice we had a tens machine so we used that nice. um acupressure although to be honest I was like please stop. like Joel had <laughs> learned all because I, I got acupuncture like all through pregnancy I've always had acupuncture really like for my neck and stuff yeah and all through pregnancy I found that really amazing so he'd like learnt all the different little acupressure points and I just was like, please, I, it was just, (laughs) it's almost like it was, like, it was just happening quite quickly, I think, and Mm. that was, like, stimulate, you know, it's designed to, like, you know, get things going and, like, stimulate. Whereas your body probably just didn't even need it. I was doing it. Yeah, it was kind of just like, please don't make this any quicker. Yeah. Yeah. Um, You'd done all of the things to get you into labour, so your body was ready (laughs) for it. Yeah. (laughs) So we did, I mean, we did a little bit of the acupressure, but. It was, yeah, that was quite intense, I think. And Lizzie later said to me, my doula, that I just wanted, like, a really gentle touch. She mm-hmm. said some women, like, love for her to, like, you know, really grind into their back, like, massaging and yeah. stuff. And they want, like, that real firmness. And I was the opposite. Like, I just wanted, you like, just wanted really like Just to, yeah. Yeah, like, squeezing Joel's hand and just, like, really gentle, like, light touch kind yeah. of thing. And, um... Yeah, so later on she was like, you were very deceptive, like you were lying <laughs> down when you were like in transition and she kept saying, you'll know, like you, your eyes will be wide and you'll be pacing the room like when you need to go to the hospital. So she was saying to Joel, like, keep her here for longer, like she's got a while to go, but I just, I think I just wanted to be your in intu- that intuition. space. Yeah, intuition. and my intuition, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, it was probably like, a, I think it was about 11 when we started to like make our way to the hospital probably or like yeah 11 or just after 11 that Joel went to get the car and realized (laughs) um but yeah it was the middle of a heat wave as well so it was like I just remember coming out of our apartment and we'd had like the blinds drawn and stuff and I very much was like kind of closed eyes like really kind of internal Mm. I think and like meditative is how like I kind of coped with it at home and so then I remember going outside and it was so bright and so hot. I was like, what? Which is like happening? that just it, everyone talks about that transition of being in your safe place and then mm-hmm. your transitions change all yeah. of a sudden. You're not in your own like and how that affects your hormones. Yeah. 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 I mean that I, disruption. Yeah, I felt okay, like and I didn't really know that we were on the brink of breaking down so that was kind of fine <laughs> glad um, to get that from you so you listened to a song that was really helpful for me like in that last like stressful couple of weeks before the birth and stuff and yeah what so song is it it's called almost cut my hair by csny okay do you know that song no i don't no. i'll have to have a listen there's a line in it um that david crosby sings it's all about not giving in an inch to fear and he's talking about it in reference to like seeing police behind him like okay, and yeah. pull him over or something. But um just that line always like really stuck. Resonating. With me. Yeah. 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 So we listened to that a few times. We had a CD with the demo version on it, which is like 
yeah, just long and like beautiful. They're just kind of jamming on there. Like and that one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the demo version's amazing, and I can't find like it's not on Spotify or anything, which okay. is really sad. But the song itself is also yeah. still amazing. We're gonna make a with woman Spotify playlist, so maybe we'll add that song to yeah. it. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think you can. Yeah. So you get to hospital. Yeah, get to hospital what and then? Joel. There was no park, like no parking spaces. <laughs> of course, it was a comedy of errors. Middle um, of the day during the week. Oh my gosh! So he's like, "I'll drop you out the front and call the midwives." And so he had someone come down and meet me, and he went to like go park the car, which is when he couldn't really start the car. So we literally just made it in the nick of time. Um, and then that I remember, like, I was in a wheelchair and we just kept missing the elevator and there's all these people like downstairs in the canteen just staring and I'm just like trying, and <laughs> trying to bring anyone anyone just to kind of like get a picture of this the elevators are right across from the hot, the cafe yeah. <laughs> right but the typically cafe. people hold the lifts I find yeah. obviously not the case on this thing it's just like busy or something we just kept pre- I remember like the button would get pressed and we'd be like standing at one and then the other one would open oh. so we'd try and make it down and there and then we'd miss it and so we'd miss it like three times or something and then we got upstairs and um, Ash was there and she was like, I think I had to stop a few times mm. to like breathe through the contractions because they were very intense and close together at that point. So I was just kind of like leaning on the bed, like moving through those. And then she was like, jump up, we'll see like how you're progressing kind of thing. And I remember you kind of like giggling when mm. you did the internal and I was like, oh, this is going to be like one of those cases where she's giggling because I'm blonde. Yes. Oh, you were two the day I would before, never so. do that. <laughs> but you, I remember you saying, "How far along do you think you are?" And I was like, "Oh my god, I'm going to be like two centimeters still, and like need to be sent home." I have like friends that have had those experiences, and I was like, "That's going to be me." You know, I should have listened to Lizzie, and <laughs> actually, I was nine centimeters dilated, which is amazing. Yeah, incredible. So, in that time from nine to mm-hmm. him being born, yeah. did you like get up and go back in the shower, or I was in the bath most of that time. I yeah. think so. Ash was like, "Should we run the bath?" And then that took a little while to mm-hmm. fill up, and then she kind of just left Joel and I in there to free stuff for a little yeah, while I nice. guess just like we set up some little electronic candles and it was just like nice and dark and yeah um and for so we had made a birth playlist that was Joel's job and he <laughs> I think he was kind of like doing it on the day just like on the flight um, no feel <laughs> doing the playlist on the day but his his emotional support was very, yeah was wonderful. <laughs> that's all I really needed but anyway so he had made this playlist and I was like, I just don't, I can't have, I couldn't have words, songs with like lyrics in them, even though we listened to Almost Got My Hair on the Way and that was like really helpful because that song was kind of an anchor for me. But um, I just needed something kind of trance-like that I could tune out to. Almost and it's like meditative. Like, yeah, yeah, and it's the same with writing, to be honest. Like I can't, mm. I can't listen to songs that, I mean, I can, but sometimes when there's like, you get caught up in the lyrics if there's lots yeah. of words and stuff Super when you're trying. Yeah, mm-hmm. so um, we talked about this album, Deep Forest by Deep Forest, which is a very like trance like meditative kind of album. And we talked about it when I was pregnant, and I was like, I think that would, I've always loved that album, and I was like, I think that would be really like meditative and good to kind of tune out to, I suppose. 
And so he had got, Joel had gotten Apple Music especially because that was the only place that had it. And then on the day he'd created this other playlist. So he put that on and I was like, I just can't, I just can't listen to the words. Like it was Kurt Vile and Mac DeMarco and mm. stuff, which we listened to after Mac was born. But <laughs> yeah. when, like during birth, I was like, I just need, like I need Deep Forest. you got to find Deep Forest. Anyway, and so he goes to Apple Music and he's like, it's not there. And I was like what do you mean it's not there and anyway sure enough it was taken off apple music for whatever reason but i checked like a month not a month later maybe just a like a couple weeks after mac was born and i was like it's here joel deep forest is here <laughs> and he went back to that he would have been like i swear and, like, I wasn't I swear. <laughs> and you actually scroll to the bottom and it says added on the 28th of january oh. mac was born on the 22nd of oh. january so it was there when i was pregnant and it was taken off for whatever reason oh, and then re-added on what the 28th of january so we had to listen to it on youtube, YouTube. instead okay yeah which meant that it was punctuated every like 10 or 15 minutes by ads and he had was, to keep i like, just remember the telstra ads the telstra <laughs> completely ruined the vibe <laughs> Gosh, but it was kind of amazing because it like it just made me laugh I yeah. suppose, and kind of lightened the mood a bit yeah so we were in there for a while kind of just like doing our thing and Joel was behind me like and my arms were so sore after birth I think I was just like gripping on to him and he was like spritzing rose water on my face which was like so sweet Good on him. yeah he's an angel and then Ash came into the room I don't remember maybe like after we'd been like in there for a little while and I don't know if the bath maybe like slowed things down a little bit I've heard that can happen or if because Mac was just a really big baby it just like took a while but yeah, then I remember this like male voice calling out to Ash at some point, and that was the doctor just, you know, wondering kind of what was happening. And she was really amazing and like advocated for us and was like, it's all good, we've got it under control. Um, but then she had to check his heartbeat after every contraction, I think mm-hmm. it was, which, yeah, was like fine actually. I thought I would like feel really stressed by that, but. I think, yeah, the the biggest lesson for me was, like, all the stuff that happened in the lead-up to the birth helped me to genuinely, like, let go and just Mm -hmm. kind of go with the flow, which is what I'd always said I wanted. I was like, you know, I have these preferences in mind. I loved the idea of a water birth and, you know, I had, yeah, certain certain things in my mind about wanting to labour at home and all those sorts of things, but I also just wanted to be able to, like, go with the flow and not feel disappointed with however you know it worked out because again that's where Lizzie's support was really amazing I just kept telling myself like you know the birth will be the birth that we need kind of thing and the way that you were you could definitely see that you'd done the work leading up to that point like even when you came in there was no fear and you were also your partner as a support person you could very clearly see that you had very good communication leading up until that point yeah. and you both knew exactly you could see that you both knew exactly who each other were but also you were on the same page in terms of like he didn't have any fear either mm-hmm. I think sometimes partners are often like yeah. is this okay yeah. are we okay I'm just yeah. checking you know and he he was as calm as you were oh, it was really very lovely. very beautiful yeah like environment to be in and there was no rush and you were right in saying that he took time because he was bigger yeah and I guess like first but, birth yeah and everything. Like I feel time. like when he was being born like he would kind of come down the birth canal and then like 
recede a little mm. bit. And, yeah. Know, and I think that was like also him being gentle on my body, like yes. easing his way gently. Yeah. yeah, which is always how I had thought about the birth. That's that's really what I wanted was like for the three of us really to work together as yeah. a team. And I wrote, I kept like a little pregnancy journal and that was like the first thing that I wrote in there. It's really oh, nice. That's um, nice. Yeah. yeah. When did you start that? I think like when I found out I was pregnant. Oh, lovely. Yeah. Like How regular on. would you write in it? I mean, it makes sense you're a writer. But um, <laughs> pretty regularly. Yeah. I didn't have like a set thing. It yeah. was kind of just like when things came to me. So that was kind of the first thing I like wrote an intention for the that. pregnancy and the birth. And I asked Joel to write one as well. So that was like the first thing that was written yes. in. I really love that. Yeah. I should have really brought it. Yes. I can send you guys that like intention or something yeah. if you like. Yeah. And then through, I read lots of different books. Like I think, yeah, I'm a, I can be a bit of a type A personality. And so some people don't want to like, because there's a lot of information, it can be really overwhelming, and I think some people don't want to, like, mm. know absolutely everything, mm. and I was the opposite to that, where I was like, I just want to know absolutely everything and, like, be prepared for every Ash and possible I outcome. big on knowledge is power. Yeah, yeah, that's what I feel as well. As long as you know how to access, like, yeah. access it, yeah, yeah, that's fine. You can, yeah, pick and choose. So, just going back to him nearly being born, yeah. did you get a feeling that you were ready to start pushing did it kind of just yeah basically like as soon as I got in the bath I had that feeling yeah and I remember saying that to Ash I was like I don't know if this is the urge to push he's like this is the urge to push and then just... did you just start involuntary yeah. pushing yeah yeah in the bath and okay. then when Ash came into the room she was like coaching me yeah that was one thing through all of the books and stuff that I read the one thing I was unprepared for was the, the pushing breathing, oh, the breathing when you push that like cyclical kind of yeah so how I think it's like you take the deep breath and you hold it while you push yes. and then you release yeah which a lot of women struggle I find as a midwife to get that take yeah. a deep breath in hold it and push down because you feel Don't... I think the intuitive thing feels like you should be pushing while you exhale yeah because I think in like yoga and things like that it's often the way and And a lot of women do push like that still it was actually kind of good because it was a good distraction I think if I'd known about that beforehand I probably would have like kind of wrapped my head around it a little bit more Mm. and you know like practiced for want of a better word and so it's kind of a good distraction in that moment Mm. to like have to remember to do (laughs) to do it that way so yeah and how long did you push for I'm not sure actually it's all a bit blurry Ash will know this one (laughs) (laughs) was just over two hours okay yeah yeah so and did you were you in the bath that whole time yeah nice and then yeah he was born in the bath and opened his eyes and blinked apparently yeah. underwater yeah oh that's cool <laughs> um but yeah that was so surreal I remember it was Rach I think yes. that came into the room towards the end as the support midwife and she ended up being in there for a little while I think because yes. it seemed like it was very close and then as I said he'd sort of come out a little bit and then recede and I think, yeah, that was kind of just him being gentle with my body and... Just getting in a good position. Maybe he was just, yeah. I think, like, if it had happened too quickly, I could have, like, torn really badly. Yeah. Um, Which, yeah, I was lucky didn't happen. So I think, yeah, he was just, like, easing, easing my body. And I think, yeah, when you haven't done it before, it's... Your body, you know, hasn't stretched in that way before. 
so yeah, Rach was in the room and it was just like this very kind of meditative space with the with Deep Forest playing and then I remember so I think I was doing three pushes per contraction from memory. Um, and I just remember this like urgency in Rachel's voice after I did the three because it was always such a relief to like have done the three pushes and then I heard her say like give us another one Rosie but there was like this kind of urgency in her voice and I was like oh no his shoulders are stuck because that was like one of my main fears was yeah dystocia. but I think it was his abdomen in the end it was <laughs> that stuck. big belly yeah. <laughs> that lot that off the charts <laughs> abdominal circumference um was yeah just stuck for not long just, no, just so he came up onto your chest yeah so yeah then he was born so that that's why it was so surreal though because I was like you know and I remember every time I do the push I'd be like this will be it and then it just kind of like you know as I said it was kind of easing gently and then when I heard Rach say that I kind of I looked up at Joel and I really remember like drawing strength from his strength kind of like looking into his eyes and like being so focused on that connection helped me like to keep pushing and then I think it was right after that that he was born because I remember being kind of like in that space and then Ash was like look down and there he was and so then he was on my chest and it was just like the most surreal feeling ever. It is really beautiful. Yeah. I don't think anyone can ever really articulate, particularly in that scenario as well, like being in that environment and having very limited amount of interaction with others in that time. And it was very quiet and calm. And to be born in that environment, I think, is so special and what most women aim for. And I think your birth story is so beautiful because despite, you know, changing models and at the end being, you know, having high blood pressure all of a sudden and finding out that things may not go as you had envisioned in the beginning and then to Mm -hmm. still end up with that birth or because you trusted that process in your body and you were well prepared um, psychologically. like it makes it all so much more emotional, I it think, does. as well. Yeah. yeah. What a like beautiful way to be born into the world. Uh, yeah. It was really I wish special. you could see it, but, like from how I saw it. Yeah. And even Rach, I remember Rach outside going, "Gosh, that was beautiful." Really I wish nice. just sometimes, like, we could wear a GoPro. Yeah. <laughs> and you get the footage. We don't post yeah. it anywhere. Like, Ash took some beautiful photos, and like looking back on those, I feel like that's yeah it's really special to have that and you can see the emotion like in our faces and um you know there's ones early on well Joel took some early on where I'm like smiling in the bath I think giggling about the Telstra ads and (laughs) and stuff and then um yeah later on Ash took some beautiful photos so that's so special to have and yeah but and how did your like how did you feel through recovery in the postpartum period? Fine. Yeah. Yeah. Did it's you have any tears? Did you no? <clears throat> no. Yeah. Um, I know. You're just like no. <laughs> I do remember when he was born though. Rach was like, "Wow, that's a big baby." Yeah. <laughs> and yes. then Ash was like, "I'm really interested to weigh him." And how big was he? He was four point zero three five. Four kilos. Yeah. So yeah. I think that that ultrasound was quite accurate in yeah. the end because they estimated him at three point eight, and then it was like a little after that. Yeah. that he and was how born. long was he? Was he tall? 
55 centimeters, I think, from memory. That's tall. Um, he's a t- he's still. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's the main thing people say when they meet him. They're like, how tall he is? Yeah, and they yeah. All, often parents will like come and kind of chat to us at the park mm-hmm. and they've got a child who's like the same sort of size and they assume that they're the same age and actually that baby's like a year older than Matt. Wow. Or something. Yeah. wow. Um, and how did you get his name? So he has three last names basically. Okay, his yeah. name is Mac Dalton Meverson. Um, That's a solid so name. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah, it's a strong name. Mm. Mac comes from my mum's maiden name, which was MacDonald. Mm-hmm. So my grandfather on her side was Poppy Mac, and her brother, who we sadly lost a few years ago, he was Macca, and she was Nat Mac before she <laughs> married my dad. So yeah, it comes from that side of the family. And Dalton is my last name and Mevison is Joel's last That's name. That's really nice. He kind of does have three last yeah. names. I like when they're sentimental. Yeah. 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 Um, just like reveling in your birth. <laughs> if you could have received one piece of advice in pregnancy, what do you wish it was? Or did you receive some form of advice that you were like, yeah, I loved that? I feel like my doula's advice about just like going with mm. what intuitively feels right and like giving over to the fact that you will get the birth you need was really helpful for me because I had those fears early on about an emergency C-section. I kind of like made peace with that and I was like, whatever the outcome is, that's what's meant to be and it will teach us something. There will be like some lesson in that for us to take with us into parenthood. So I think, yeah, it was kind of just the advice that was strongest for me was just to like go with the flow Mm -hmm. and not hold too tightly to any specific outcomes another really beautiful thing that a friend who has trained as a doula she lives overseas and I remember her saying to me before like in the lead up to birth she was like try to visualize the feeling of like you know bringing your baby into the world and holding them for the first time rather than the specific outcome because it doesn't really matter how they get here. It's And I think that that's when you can have like a lot of feelings of disappointment and stuff yes. is if you have a really specific idea of how you want it to go. Yeah. It's just the reality is it often won't be that way because yeah. birth is so unexpected. You get fixated on the yeah. wrong Yeah, and, and if you part. only have that yeah. one vision of how yeah. they're going to get here, yeah, the chances of that one vision happening. Yeah. yeah. Or even, yeah, and if it doesn't, then you just, you feel You feel sad like you and disappointed. Yeah, and, disappointed. Yeah, and I, yeah, so I wanted to kind of make sure that I wouldn't feel that and make sure that I felt so proud to have, like, you know, grown life inside me and, totally. you know, brought him here into the world however he got here. You know, we felt so lucky to have fallen pregnant with him and, like, yeah, grown such a healthy big baby (laughs) um so yeah I think to not hold the advice to just like let go and flow and not hold too tightly to any specific outcome it's great advice yeah it is yeah and how did you practice self-care in your pregnancy was there anything that you did I feel like meditation was the most powerful thing for me yeah. yeah so I learned Vedic meditation through a friend maybe about a year before I felt pregnant with Mac. Um, so I sort of already had that practice in place anyway. And then all throughout pregnancy, like it just really helped me to kind of stay calm and, mm. 
you know, tap into my intuition and also like when unexpected things occurred, it kind of helped me to get back to that calm place and be like, okay, well, this is fine. Like it's all, it's all going to be okay kind of thing. So yeah, meditation during pregnancy and still now as a mum is so yeah. helpful. You this. still manage to find time in your yeah. day to meditate. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah, that is really good. <laughs> um, Where's me time? <laughs> and did you struggle much with body image throughout your pregnancy with like your changing body or? No, I think I was just so amazed at what the body is capable of, yeah. to be honest. And if anything, I think I was kinder to my body and have been kinder to my body since then because, you know, you just witness like how how incredible it is and what it's able to achieve and a different level yeah. of like respect isn't it, it? Is, yeah. isn't it for sure the power of the female body because i wish that every single woman could look at it that way yes. like yeah. what your body goes through is insane i know and amazing all at the same time for sure and your body is completely different post baby to what it is pre-baby yeah. and i think if a lot of women can wrap their head around that it's never gonna be what it was pre-baby it's just gonna be different but it's yeah. not something that you can't love or yeah. Yeah, should attach. I feel, like, yeah. I feel like I've definitely loved my body more since having That's awesome. Mac yeah. than ever before. Because, yeah, it's just witnessing what it's capable of, I suppose. But I know that so, so many women struggle mm-hmm. with that transition. And it is huge, yeah. you know. Like, even looking at photos now, it felt like the most natural thing at the time. You're watching this belly grow and grow and... Now I look at photos and I'm like, it's just so wild to think yeah. that that was him inside my belly, you know. But it's it is wild. You you know, every all your organs get pushed to yeah, the side. You and what your body goes through. It's, yeah, yeah, it's, it's really wild. How was your feeding journey? It was good. Yeah. I feel like so after he was born, Ash said to us we could go home if we wanted to, um, but there ended up being a room that Joel could also stay in so we decided to stay that first night and I'm glad that we did because we had so many different midwives come in over the course of the night and they all had different little (laughs) tips about like getting the right latch and everything and Mac was a little bit mucousy when he was born so we found that like the football hold was really helpful for like his breathe it was a bit easier for him to breathe and stuff and yeah it's it's such a weird thing because you don't know what you're doing they don't know what you're doing (laughs) they're doing and you have to kind of like work it out together again working as a team yeah yeah for sure but we got the hang of it pretty quickly he was feeding that first day and then you know we just got better at like the different positions and um you know tickling his feet to like (laughs) awake and stuff like that um, so yeah, I'm still breastfeeding him actually. Oh, nice. incredible! Yeah. Go you! And it's been yeah, it's been really good. We've been really lucky. I never even really had like pain. You know, my nipples were always fine. I was given some Lansino, which was amazing yeah. early on, and yeah, it's just it's been good. And he yeah he's fed really well I feel like introducing solids has been a harder journey <laughs> so he can relate oh my gosh it's no I wasn't prepared for that actually oh. but I was like that as a child apparently I was like a really difficult eater. yeah not really like I would take the food but then I would just store it in my oh. cheeks and stuff which is what Mac does and then he tries to swallow it all at once and then he'll be kind of like I'm like are you choking yeah. it's like 
it's the whole choking thing thing too like i feel like we're constantly told about like choking and certain foods and how to cut them and everything and then they but they do like gag a lot and i know yeah we've had a few like scary moments where but the thing is i guess the reassuring thing is he just always works it out like himself really quickly and so i guess like that's you know the power of the human body yeah that like self-protection mechanism and their little minds as well Mm. they're growing and constantly learning and absorbing and and yeah yeah it's wild Um, well thank you so much for coming on i I love hearing birth stories yeah yeah so nice it's funny how even retelling them you can still obtain like so much emotion just listening to like a woman a woman's own experience so nice and especially like you being there too Mm. do you feel like i was excited for this to hear rosie's perspective on yeah what i saw because we saw it through two different lenses yeah that's what i'm trying to say she was so intrinsic that i wondered how 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 present were you but you're actually from explaining your experience you're very present because a lot of women with their births just aren't really like, no. like I can remember things, but I think a lot of it's blurry and time yeah. is completely off. Yeah. 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 So but it's interesting to like, to see that like you were pretty with it, even though like you were, sounded like you were very meditative, meditative. Yeah. yeah. And maybe that's why, cause I was just like in this kind of internal it's the power of the mind space. Yeah. yeah. It's crazy. Hey, that yeah. I was kind of, yeah, still like receptive to things yeah. because I just, yeah. But I do remember something that Lizzie said to me early on was, I think, so once I found out that there was a place in MGP, Joel was like, let's just stick with what we've, what, like the path we're on and stuff. And I, you know, had that conversation with Lizzie and she's like, you know, you need to just tune into what you feel is right. Um, And she said, and just like, you know, go along to both appointments Mm -hmm. and, you know, or like visit the hospitals because you'll know where you're meant to birth. And she's like, you just like, there's just an intuition there that you just, you, you feel like this is the space where I need to birth. And I didn't really have that experience, but I had meeting Ash. I was like, I just felt that Ash was the one that was going to deliver. It's funny. It's amazing. Yeah. It was more like, yeah, it was more who would be there rather yeah. than mm-hmm. the space that we yeah. physically be in. Yeah. Oh, so it's really yeah. beautiful. It is really beautiful. Yeah. And it's really nice to kind of have a relationship outside of that now as well. Where yeah. Like I get to watch Matt grow up. I know. So, yeah, that's so cool lovely. Well. And that's yeah, like, that's sure. Because you think about these are huge life events. And yes, we do this every day, but you don't realise the impact you have on the other side. I mean, you've experienced sure. it yourself as well. Yeah, like my, I love my midwife. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Actually, I ran into her down the beach the other day and I was like, <laughs> she's really like, who are you? <laughs> yeah, so like it's just nice to be on the other side as well, like to see the relationships that you you form. It's really yeah. important. That's where continuity of care is so powerful, it is. I think. Just yeah. having that personal relationship with someone. And even if you know, there ends up being a doctor involved or whatever, like you still just have that kind of support system there, that familiarity and it's really reassuring I think for women and it's bizarre to have someone share in like the most intimate like powerful moment of your life in a way and then just never see them again yeah yeah that's yeah 
it's really nice that we've been able to like yeah stay connected yes. and I run into Tanil all the time oh, like nice. dad in Cronulla <laughs> yeah it's really beautiful yeah well thank you so much for sharing your yeah, story yeah, it's been sure. really lovely thank it's like you Anna, really yeah yeah, yeah. yeah totally. <laughs> thanks so much for having me you're welcome congrats on the beautiful podcast so thank you for listening to this episode of With Woman. We hope you found this useful for your journey and you can find us on Instagram at withwoman.thepodcast. So flick us a follow and get amongst it. You'll find our latest episode updates there and also please feel free to slide on into our DMs if there are any topics you'd like us to discuss in the future. That's it for us. Bye. Bye.